Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and I'm joined by my handsome husband and Cat Talk Radio sidekick, Dewey Vaughn. Say hi to everybody, Dewey. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and hello to my beautiful wife. Love to know that all you folks are out there listening to us uh, and want to thank you for doing so. And I can see today, my love, that you want to talk about enrichment. So I did my homework, and I looked this up, found a definition, and to see if I could figure out what this podcast really is going to be about, because we've talked about enrichment in other ways. So I just thought, okay, well, I'll just look this up. So this is what I found. Enrichment is a noun and defined as the action of improving or enhancing the quality or value of something. So I assume we're about to talk about something enriching some cat's life, right? Not like riches, but enriching. You did your homework. Such a good guy. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, uh, yeah, yeah, kind of. But, you know, a synonym for enrichment is flourish, which I think really describes what we're going to be talking about today really well. We want to enrich our cat's environment so they flourish. Cats can develop health and behavioral problems when they're deprived of appropriate environmental outlets, which is basically enrichment. So where do you want to start with this? Are there categories of enrichment you want to define first? Yep. I have five categories of enrichment. Physical resource, nutritional, elimination, social, and behavioral. Okay, so let's look at them one at a time. How do you create enrichment in the cat's physical environment? Well, this is the easy one, the obvious things. But it's also some not-so-obvious things, like the physical environment needs to provide certainty and consistency and predictability. Things got to happen on schedule for a cat to feel comfortable and to flourish. Think routine and ritual. Cats are like, you know, the little old man who's got to eat at 8, noon, and 6, like my grandfather did, (laughs) or the whole world is turned upside down. Cats are kind of like that, too. They also need quiet places to rest. You know, they do sleep 16 hours a day, and that's not a consistent 16 hours a day, as we all know. It's on and off. That's where the term cat nap came from. So (laughs) they need to have kind of quiet places they can go take their little cat excuse me cat naps and rest and they're kind of like goldilocks right they like to move around from one bed to the next bed to the next bed and they say that the reason for this is because their cat ancestors used to change where they sleep slept for parasite control you know so if you sleep in the same place all the time the fleas will begin to infest it so if they move around where they're sleeping then it controls parasites and and they are so 
you know, so ingrained with their wildcat ancestors. They still have a 96% DNA link, and you hear me say that a lot, and you hear me say, in the wild, they do this because it's very important, because they still need all those things, and those things feel natural to them. So one bed isn't enough. They're going to need multiple beds perching places, you know, like the the hammocks in front of the windows and and beds. And and they've got to be high enough to provide a vantage point, you know, where the cat's safe from people and other animals because they are both predator and prey. And they naturally climb up high for observation and and safety. They've got to be able to see what's coming. So get a lot of beds, put them in quiet places, put them up high. And if you have multiple cats, space is an issue. I don't, you know, unless unless you've got an 8,000 square foot home, space is going to be an issue. So you need to allow for each cat to keep a social distance. And we all know what that word means now after COVID, right? <laughs> or cats, <laughs> cats' social distance spacing can be anywhere from like three to nine feet when they share a room. So make sure your beds aren't all lined up in a row. Place them apart. And, and if you have multiple cats, you're going to need a lot more beds so that they can circulate around. And, you know, having multiple cats means having multiple resources, such as the climbing areas and scratching posts and things like that. You know, ideally, and and I'm just talking ideally here, not reality, but this would be cool if this could be reality. But ideally, you could set up a sanctuary room for each cat, and each cat would have one of those accessing collars, you know, where only they could open the cat door to that room. So they'd have their room. They could go off and sleep in and have their food and their water. And if each cat had their own sanctuary room with their door activating collar, that that would be ideal for cats, really. <laughs> wow. I think we're talking about mansions here because you're creating <laughs> their own bedrooms would take up a lot of space i could imagine you know then you gotta have uh for all the litter boxes and the beds and everything we just gotta buy a whole new house for just a few cats <laughs> i could just exactly. see that I, I being a super into, issue for people that are wanting to follow custom. this plan well, we should go into custom building you know where i could i could design you a house for your cat that would be fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so tell us about enriching nutrition. Uh, what does that look like? Well, diet and nutrition, of course, play a huge role in how your cat feels, just like us. You know, if we're eating primarily junk food, if we're sitting around snacking on potato chips all day long and never have nutritional meals, we're not going to feel good and we're likely going to be obese. And of course, Obesity then leads to a sedentary lifestyle because it becomes uncomfortable to get up and move around much, you know. So take a close look at what you're feeding your cat. Are you feeding a species-appropriate diet? Cats really only need meat, omega-3 fatty acids, and lots of hydration in their food. 
And another component of nutritional enrichment is the frequency of feeding. So in the wild, there I go again saying that, in the wild, reminds me of that old commercial where the guy, it was a dating commercial, I think, a long, long time ago, I'm dating myself now, and the guy goes, there I was, there I was, in the Congo. (laughs) Every time I say, in the wild, it makes me think, in the Congo. Anyway, I'm going down a rabbit hole. So in the... Kitty trail. A kitty hole. In the wild, cats are going to eat 10 to 20 small meals a day. Now, when I learned that, that really surprised me because I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, 10 to 20 small meals a day. That seems like a lot of food, but they're little small meals because their stomachs are small. So, you know, like when you feed your cat only two meals a day, it's equivalent to us eating about every second or third day. So they get really hungry in between. And sometimes that'll that'll lead them to, to gorge themselves and to just scarf up their food. So we feed, feed Pico five times a day, four times in person, and then one on a timer. And that's more natural to what the species needs. And, you know, I know most people think we're crazy. They go, well, i got to work. I can't feed my cat four times a day. Well, you can. There are these timers, and they're very inexpensive, and they're very reliable. And they come with a cold pack, so you can put... Put your canned food in there and you get up in the morning and before you go to work, you feed your cat breakfast and then you make another meal and you set it in the timer for lunch. And then when you come home from work, you feed your cat dinner and then right before you go to bed, you feed your cat another meal and then you set that timer again for 3 a.m. So it's very manageable. You can actually do it in two meal feedings a day, if that's all you're doing, you just are preparing two meals, one in a timer, one on a plate. So, you know, it, it, cats, like I said, if they if they think food is going to spoil too, you know, because you've, you only feed them at seven in the morning and seven at night, then they're also, that's another thing that's going to make them want to just really scarf up all that food. And then they don't feel good. Then their stomach hurts. They're bloated. You know how you feel when you eat too much. And um, and that can happen as well. So, you know, the other thing in, in a nutritional category, enrichment uh, category, failure to provide predatory behavior is going to deprive your cat of mental and physical activity, which may contribute to obesity and other health problems and and potentially even behavior problems. So by that, I mean food puzzles, right? Food puzzles give them an opportunity to hunt and forage. And also in a multi-cat household, feed in separate bowls placed outside, outside of the sight of one another. And they need to be in a quiet area away from appliances and other noisy equipment you might have around. Wow. I never would have thought that appliance noises would be interrupting a meal. Although, you know, I say that, I take that back because, you know, as as technology has gotten better, every all those machines that are washer and dryer based and some of those others have really gotten much, much quieter. There was a day and time way back when they were super loud and you know, the yeah. balancer didn't yeah. work and they were always hopping all over the place. So I could see that would interrupt my meal. But they're, so I get they're that. still pretty loud and they can be unpredictable. You know, the washer is like, 
filling with water and then it's, you know, vomp, vomp, vomp when it's when it's spinning. So if a cat's trying to eat next to that and it's unpredictable how the sounds are going to change, it's just unnerving to them. It doesn't feel safe. And if things don't feel safe, you know, they, it's, it just doesn't feel good to them. So, so try to feed them in a quiet area. Of course, we violate that. Our, our cat food dish, by the way, is in our utility room where the washer and dryer is. But we make sure the washer and dryer aren't running when we're feeding him at, at mealtime so he doesn't have that noise to contend with. Well, and we've got a very large washer and dryer room, so it's not like you right. know, some some people have, you know, the dimension of their washer and dryer room is as big as just the washer and dryer. So I could see where that might be a problem. Ours is much bigger than that. So, yeah, that's, right. you know, I can see, you know, people thinking through what you're talking about now and going, okay, I got a plan for multiple litter boxes all over the house. I got a plan for each cat having its own room with multiple beds. And then I got a plan for a feeding room all for the cat all alone. Now I'm looking for a house that's not 2,000 square feet. I'm looking for a house that's 3,000 square feet because my cat needs some room. Yeah, or just, <laughs> we see, that's why we take advantage of vertical spaces. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's very important that cats, you can increase their square footage by increasing their vertical climbing opportunities. And that that does all kinds of things. Not only does it increase their square footage, but it increases their, you know, their mental enrichment, mental stimulation, and their natural instinctive behaviors to climb. And I am available to design cat houses, by the way. So if you're looking at building a new house and you want it to be perfect for your cat, you give me a call. I'll help you out. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that as a new spinoff. Yay! <laughs> okay, so... The next thing um, you're talking about is elimination. Uh, so I'm assuming you're talking about litter box enrichment. I, I'm not sure what elimination really is in your categories. Yeah, yeah. Enrichment, you know, you think, well, what the heck can you enrich in a litter box? But, you know, it's basically providing an appropriate litter box setup. Not everybody does. It, the boxes need to be large. They need to be open so that it provides, you know, good elimination spaces. <laughs> Covered yeah. boxes, you know, they they trap odors in there and they prevent the cats from having a safe vantage point from other animals during elimination, which will make them less desirable to the cat. So, you know, in the wild, they don't go into little caves or holes to eliminate. They go in big <laughs> open areas because they want to see that owl coming or the coyote sneaking up or predators coming. So if you put them in a box, that just sends, you know, makes the hair on the back of their neck stand up because it instinctively feels wrong. Not to mention their noses are, you know, a gajillion times more sensitive than ours. And when you trap the ammonia particles and all those smells in that covered space, it really hurts their nose And when they go in there. So uncover those boxes. And most people are like, well, I've got dogs and the dogs will go pick the poop out of the boxes and that's what those gates are for they make gates that go across rooms and it has a little cat door in it so the cat can go but the dog can't all kinds of things you can do to keep your dog out of the litter boxes without having a covered box right and you know multi-cat households need more than one litter box than number of cats 
So if you've got four cats, you need five litter boxes. Now, don't whine to me and tell me you have 1,800 square feet and you don't have a <laughs> place to put them all because, you know, maybe you should think about the number of cats and what cats need before you give four of them. So, <laughs> but you have four of them, you need five boxes. And those boxes need to be located out of sight from one another because cats in a multi-cat household will guard resources. And that's part of a little silent bullying or dominating gesture. One of those cats will just lay across the floor, kind of all, I'm just laying here. Sometimes that tail will just be rising and falling slightly. And they'll be staring at every of the other cats that kind of come into the room. And those other cats go, crap, there's Charlie again in the middle of the floor. I'm going to have to walk around him, and if I get near him, he's going to reach out and grab at me. I'm going to have to make a really wide swing around to avoid Charlie to get to that litter box. And then if your cats are having skirmishes, it's just too much trouble going past Charlie to get to the litter box, and they'll start using your closet or the clothes you left on the floor instead. So multiple boxes out of sight from one another so one cat can't dominate. Unscented, sandy, textured litter is really important to cats. So clumping litters are are a good option. We use Tidy Cats, 20, it's not 24-7, we use the Tidy Cats Clean. So it's clean and unscented. It has little black specks in it, Those that's charcoal particles, which has helped controlling the odor. But it's an unscented litter. It's very light and fine. I used to use the Feather Light, which I liked a lot because it was easy for me to carry the you know, the giant jug around and refill litter boxes, but it's so light and fluffy. It's almost like staticky and it sticks to feet and it really tracks badly. So we've gone back to the regular and thank God I have Dewey to carry the litter around for me and refill the boxes (laughs) because they're heavy, but Mm -hmm. either one works. And of course, you know, cats are fastidious and they like clean boxes. So you need to be scooping at least daily. If you got multiple cats, probably need to be scooping the heavily used boxes more than once a day. Personally, I scoop mine three times a day, my indoor box, the box that's outside in the cat run. It probably doesn't get scooped as much as it should because it's out of sight, out of mind. But, you know, it, it should be scooped daily. And then you need to replace the litter. You know, they say every week. And and when you replace that litter, you clean out the box with like Dawn. I use Dawn, I, you know, and I did it today for our outside box. I don't clean the outside box, admittedly, as often as I do the inside box. And it's probably time for it to be replaced, too. But this morning, I, I took it out into the utility sink, and I scrubbed it with Dawn really good inside and out and totally replaced the litter. So I do it about about every other week, to be honest. I don't do mine weekly. But we only have one cat, and we have two boxes. So they are lightly used boxes. Okay, so what is social enrichment, then? Well, Social enrichment pertains to all animals that share the same space. So, you know, it's the social community of animals. This is people, dogs, cats, small animals, fish. I guess a fish isn't technically an animal, but fish count too. So (laughs) cats, you know, cats need to be allowed the time and length of contact with non-prey species to enhance the cat's perception of control. So think about that. 
that means the cat needs to be in charge of the time that it wants to be pet and how often it wants to be pet and how long it wants to be pet or the amount of time it wants to spend with that dog. The cat wants to be in control of that, right? And the cat's need to be in control of that. So that means that, again, you need to provide spaces where the cat can get up and away when it doesn't want to be social anymore or that it can, it can get to the other animals in the house when it wants to be social. The cats kind of need to have that choice. You know, some cats really like to be pet and groomed and others, you know, prefer really not to be touched and for like a, a distance play session, like, like prey play, you know. And in multi-cat households, you know, cats don't really develop dominance hierarchies or conflict resolution strategies like other species do. You know, they, they just try to avoid antagonistic encounters by avoiding the other cats altogether or just decreasing activity, which means I'm not going to move because as soon as I move... Charlie comes and jumps on me. And so, you know, you don't you don't want a cat to feel like it can't move around freely because there are, you know, there's going to conflicts are going to happen. So, you know, each cat needs to have its own special resources and its own separate resources, you know, food, water, litter box, resting areas, you know, so that they don't have to compete for resources. That's very important. Social enrichment is how is that cat socializing with the other members of the household? Wow, that's that's great. And so your fifth category was social and behavioral. Uh, so does all that mean or encompass behavioral interaction or enrichment? No, actually, yeah, no, social was the fourth one and behavior was the fifth one. I probably ran those two together and said social and behavior, but behavioral enrichment is different. Okay. So behavior, behavioral enrichment allows cats to express their natural behaviors or their inherited skills or like I say, you know, their their genetic wiring or, you know, what, what they're born with. And th- then that's things like scratching and hunting. You know, scratching and clawing, that's a territorial gesture that also relieves stress. So, you know, you need to say to yourself, am I providing the type of scratching outlet my cat likes? Some cats like to scratch vertical, some horizontal on the floor, some both. Some prefer the cardboard scratchers, other prefer the sisal ropes, some like a, a more of a soft Burberry type carpet. They're all, I mean, material like your sofa probably. Or <laughs> you know, all cats are are different in their material choices. So pay attention to that, and and make sure you're providing the right kind of scratcher. They all need to be tall. They got to be you know taller, much taller than your cat, so your cat can reach up and get a full back stretch. You know, and and they tend to stretch and scratch more often after periods of sleep. So if you position your scratching posts near their resting areas, that's more natural to them. The other, another key for where to place scratching posts is if you foster and you have foster cats in the home, put the posts right outside the foster room because scratching is a territorial gesture. 
and it relieves stress, your cat can go up, it smells the cats in there, it can scratch on the scratching post or pad you have on the wall or or cardboard scratcher you have on the floor, but by the foster room is a great place for one. And, and in that same thought process, putting them near windows and doors is also a really good thing because that's where they tend to make more territorial gestures if they see cats outside or smell them. So cats, you know, some cats might also feel the need to chew. Um, I've, I've never experienced that with a cat that I've owned. I've never had a chewer. I've had a bunny that was a chewer, but <laughs> never a cat. So if you have a cat that, you know, is chewing, that is a kind of a natural behavior because they gnaw on bones in the wild. That's what keeps the tartar off their teeth. Not the dry food, by the way. So be prepared to provide options for your cat to chew on, like plants, you know, safe plants, like plant catnip or wheatgrass. You can also moisten small rawhide chews for cats. Um, Dried fish are really good to chew on, or, you know, they make beef or poultry jerky. Now, make sure it's not the human beef or poultry jerky, because that'll have seasonings in it it'll usually have onion and and garlic which are toxic to cats so make sure you're using cat jerky and then climbing to high spaces like we've said that's a natural behavior and it needs to be provided for and enriched so like you know we built high climbing space and a bed so he's getting both he climbs up to his high bed and sleeps and he's way you know 10 feet up in the air and 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 pico loves it he's up there a lot and he knows no one can reach me up here. And this is my safe, quiet zone. I can come up here and zonk out. And it's probably where he is right now, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> you know, and providing for play that mimics, you know, their natural predatory sequence of stalking, chasing, pouncing, and biting is, is just essential for cats. And these prey play sessions don't need to be very long. So you can make time for it. You know, you're really not trying to exercise your cat. Dog, dogs need lots of exercise because, you know, they run long distance and exert themselves. Those are natural behaviors for canines, but not felines. Felines exert very small amounts of energy when hunting. They really like to conserve their energy. So I just recommend two 10-minute prey play sessions a day. That'll really go a long ways to helping your cat feel better in their environment. And, you know, you can also do it with, you know, let them stalk birds at the window and stall bird feeders at the windows with a perch or a hammock for the bird to watch. You know, cats like to use their predatory skills. It'll, it helps their mental health enormously. And, of course, a catio provides a great opportunity for cats to be outside watch the prey, but be safely protected. So that's really, and a lot of those things overlap, but behavioral enrichment means enriching their natural behaviors, things that come natural to the species. Awesome. I feel like we've covered a lot of ground here. I mean, really, really good information that you have uh, shared with us. And I'm sure everybody out there is enjoying this and also panicking about how much of a space they need for all these enrichments. <laughs> Did <laughs> we happen to miss bedrooms? any? I'm sorry. I said, yeah, there are eight cat bedrooms. <laughs> yes, yes. They, but they could be small. They could be small bathroom size, little rooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they could. 
Yeah. So did we miss any enrichment opportunities? Um, you know, there's probably a sixth category, really, when I think about it, because I mean, we talked about some of this, but mental stimulation, you know, I guess could be a sixth category because when cats aren't mentally stimulated, boredom sets in. And think about it. If you sat around all day with nothing to think about other than rote routines, you'd go stir crazy. And that's the same with felines. They need challenges. They need things to figure out. Things like food mazes or food puzzles or learning new behaviors through clicker training. I'm doing a clicker training class this afternoon, and I hope there's lots of cats out there that are going to get to learn new behaviors. They love it. You know, some some of the exercises you can also fall into mental stimulation, like treat toss. You know, because when you toss a treat, just like I did earlier this morning with Pico, I tossed three treats. He loves to chase them. We have concrete floors, so I toss them, and he goes after them, and then he bats them around three or four more times before he finally eats it. And <laughs> when I toss it and it goes out of sight and he didn't see where it went, it's even better because then he has to figure it out. And that's, you know, so so I think they're probably, I mean, I guess that's nat- that kind of falls under the natural behaviors too. But, you know, simulating hunting and foraging behaviors. But problems, you know, your cats are really, really smart. And they figure stuff out. They'll look at things and it might take them a while, but they'll figure it out. So give them challenges, and and if they don't figure it out in the first ten seconds, you know, give them a little while to figure it out. They, they won't they won't tackle very complex challenges, but um, but they do like things like that. So hide food, toss food, so they've got to figure out where it went, and and things like that. So maybe that's a separate category. Maybe it's not, but mentally stimulating is is you need to be mentally stimulating to your cat. All right. Well, this has been a great episode again, as usual. You've brought some absolutely wonderful information to the table. And for those that are out there listening, we really appreciate you sending uh, us uh, ideas that uh, Molly can research and dive into and uh, give you some feedback on. And uh, that always helps. So if there's any listeners out there that have ideas uh, for our show, please email them to molly, M-O-L-L-Y, at cattalkradio.com. And I'd like to invite you to help support the work Molly does. She provides these resources for free, works many behavior cases for low-income families, and does just about anything she can to keep cats out of the shelters because that's never a good place for them to be. So if you also care about the plight of shelter cats, consider sending us a gratuity donation. It's really super easy. Just go to the store, the Cat Behavior Solutions website. I'll say that again, Cat Behavior Solutions website. Scroll down to the bottom, pass the products to the bottom. There are donation amounts you can add to the cart, and then you can check out. Well, before you check out, wait, wait, before you check out, there's a whole bunch of stuff in that store that I have gathered that falls into these categories that we talked about today. Like cats like to eat on flat bowls because there is such a thing as whisker fatigue. It, You know, whiskers are very sensitive and when they touch the sides of the bowl when they eat all the time, it drives a cat crazy. So we have 
nice flat bowls that are inexpensive. They're five bucks and they're good looking and they come in a variety of colors and they're made out of bamboo. So they're biodegradable. You know, you can get that. I have the best wand toy in the world because it's got the longest handle and the longest pole with a big old batch of feathers and crinkly paper. And we just ordered, uh, just added a new wand toy. It's a fleece wand toy. It's got like 50 inches of fleece. Like and so it's almost like a ribbon. It's wonderful. There's food puzzles in there, and there's really long catnip bags, and there's stuff chock full with catnip, so your your cat can like bunny kick it. It's great. So while you're in there supporting us, grab some new stuff for your cats, because if you spend more than forty nine dollars, it's free shipping. All you have to do is put free shipping in the coupon discount code when you go to check out. Also, find us on Facebook. It's Cat Behavior Solutions Cat Talk Radio on Facebook. We post a lot there, little tidbits of stuff and follow us on Instagram and and also check out the blog while you're on the site shopping because when people send in ideas that aren't, you know, big enough for me to really do a whole podcast on, I'll I'll just do a blog answer. So check out that too. You know, this is all volunteer based. Believe it or not, Dewey and I don't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Really? Oh, sorry. Just, Shh, don't tell him. <laughs> I forgot to. I'd I forgot to look on my contract if there was a pay scale. Yeah, it is. It's zero and zero. Uh, <laughs> at least it's doubled. Zero have, zero. Right, right. I have the best husband in the world that will you know get up on Sunday morning and and do this with me at, on a volunteer basis. You know, because he's not a crazy cat lady himself, but he's just an all-around great guy. And and so we do this so that you can learn how to take better care of your cat, and that'll increase the bond between the two of you. And we're going to keep doing it as long as shelter, shelter euthanasia, euthanasia is, is the, the number, number one cause, cause of death, death in cats. <laughs> <laughs> you could just kind of like be my backup singer. Yeah, I'm just trailing. <laughs> we we should we should make that into a little tune, you know that that yeah. really that would really plummet our listenership. I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today and learning about enrichment for your cat. Until next time, keep calm and purr on. Goodbye, everybody. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat, toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program, 
on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. 